Hey, ringers, you are listening to an older episode of the Put a Ring on It podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you're on a total binge and this is your 50th, thank you. You are already a ringer in our hearts. You'll hear more about ringers in future episodes. And you'll hear in season six that we launched a Patreon community for amazing ringers just like you. But because this is an older episode, you're not yet privy to that information. And we didn't want you to miss out, so please accept our invitation to join us at patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash P-A-R-O-I. Patreon is a membership platform that allows amazing listeners like you to support fun-loving creatives like us in a really big way. Yeah, you can become a supporter for as little as two bucks a month, and we've got some amazing benefits for you, like getting your questions answered, one-on-ones with Danielle and I, and a ton more. All are welcome, and we can't thank you enough for your support. Okay, now on to the show. Today's show is brought to you by Warby Parker. Get five pairs of glasses to try on in your own home for five days, for free, visit WarbyParkerTrial.com slash ring. This is the Put a Ring on It podcast. I'm Danielle Pasternak, wedding planner of DP Knack Weddings and fellow bride-to-be. And I'm Daniel Moyer, wedding photographer of Daniel Moyer Photography, husband, father, and I make the best scrambled eggs in the entire world. The Put a Ring on It podcast is for brides, grooms, and anyone involved in planning a wedding who wants the confidence to pull off an amazing wedding celebration with their most favorite people on the planet. Every other week, we share practical planning advice, insider tips, and behind-the-scenes stories from our own adventures in the wedding world. We pull back the veil and have honest conversations about real things, about stressful things, and about all the things that go into planning a wedding. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 54 of the Put a Ring on It podcast. I'm Daniel Moyer, wedding photographer extraordinaire. And I'm the interrupter of... (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Danielle. Boom. How's uh, How are you doing, Danielle? How's things? How's tricks? Good tricks are good, Dan. Um, tricks are for kids. But I have some fun news to share with you that I purposely did not share with you up until this point because I wanted to do You're all engaged. your recording. Yes, that's not what I'm talking about. Oh, so I actually okay. got an email today um, that we have been put on the top 25 wedding podcast by some very random website. But I saw I that. It was really exciting. I, I looked it up. Feedspot is that what it was? Feed Feedspot or something like that. I yeah, don't know, something some, like that. Some random website. Um, they basically just like Googled wedding they podcast did. and just made a list. Yeah. Yeah. But I was but excited because we're, we're on there. Woo-hoo. So we're doing something right in the SEO department because when they Googled wedding podcast, we showed up. <laughs> <laughs> How's everybody else doing out there? Like, I, I, part of me wishes like we could have like listeners call in while we record that. Maybe I'm going to regret saying that. But like, like, wouldn't that be great if we could like, oh God, if it was like would, a radio so show hard. almost? Yeah. Uh, because. I don't know. It would just be awesome to like hear what people have to say and it'd be really cool. I don't know. I, I agree. Um, I also, so I, this morning it's been um, 
I've, I've gotten sort of email after email of really cool stuff. Um, I recently put in a quote. I was reached, somebody reached out to me and they said, can you give us a quote on some common wedding invitation mistakes that people make? And I was like, sure. So I wrote them back and, I and actually just, I just got posted. And in the, they, they wrote a little blurb about me that I did not send them. Um, I sent them a headshot, but otherwise didn't send them anything else. So I don't know how, but they basically wrote that um, I co-host this Put a Ring on a Podcast and which has over 60,000 listeners. And I was like, Dang, I don't know where they got that information from, but I I don't know where they would have. I don't think they would have made it up. So um, that's stats that I don't have access to, or at least I don't know how to get access to. So I thought that was awesome that there's sixty thousand people yeah. out there listening to us right now. Oh, I'm suddenly terrified. No, I'm <laughs> What's not. That? Is there a phenomenon? There's still a I phenomenon where like they they put people in front of a microphone and they just freeze up, right? Like yeah. I, what is that called? Um, that's but called I know it was, episode it was... one, season one. <laughs> <laughs> well there's no there was totally like i, I might have mentioned this before but there's totally some kind of like a uh, they're trying to record uh soldiers when they're coming back from like world war ii or whatever and um they would put them in a room and they would say okay let's let's talk about your story um but we're not recording now when the light goes on <laughs> the story like will actually be recording um so they would turn the like you know they have a great conversation and then the light would turn on and they they would just freeze up um, so they had to start doing a thing where they'd say, okay, we're just going to talk about the story now. Oh, and then when the light goes on, we're going to record. And they would just record through the whole thing because right. it was just like, it, what is that? I don't know. I don't know what it's called, but we definitely, I definitely Stage had that. Right. For pro- probably until episode 49, I think I, I think I had that. <laughs> derf, derf, derf. <laughs> it's all good. I just, I think it's really cool. So we, we've got... Oh, we've got one on the docket for you today, guys. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited. Um, so today's episode, I, we're going to... Oh, I'm so excited. We're going to talk about ceremony rehearsals. And let, I... Let, let me stop you right there. Let me so stop excited. you right there. <laughs> Danielle's super excited. And everybody just like grab uh, some coffee if you're listening in the morning or some champagne uh, or some wine or something if you're listening in the evening um, because Danielle's about to drop some knowledge. I mean, she drops a lot of knowledge all the time, but I'm just going to do my best to kind of like lob some some softballs up her, to her and just let her knock it out of the park because this is one of those ones where I'm just going to sit back with my mouth agape and just like let Danielle do her thing. Um, and that is talk logistics and how and why and break things down um, and just – let her share her amazing wealth of knowledge. Um, and we're going to be talking specifically about how to run a ceremony rehearsal, which is something I've seen many times. And Danielle is so organized. And if you just listen to what she's going to say and what she's going to break down, uh, your wedding day is going to be a whole lot better for it because you've already practiced at the rehearsal. Okay. Right. Right. And I think the way I, I broke this down when I was planning out this episode, um, I realized it sort of fell into these really like, um, nice little boxes. And so we're going to talk about the why of the rehearsal. We're going to talk about who. We're going to talk about where. We're going to talk about when. And then we're going to really break down the how of it all. So that's sort of where this conversation is going to go with it. Um, and like Dan said, the why of the rehearsal it's it's just it's just a really important part, and that's why I want to start there. Does that sound good? Okay, so yeah, let's talk about the why because I feel like some people might say like, why is this important? You know, my my ceremony is going to be in a church. Um, somebody's like, you know, they're just going to walk us through it, or my ceremony is only going to be fifteen minutes long. You know, we can breeze through it, we can wing it, right? 
Right. No, not right. Well, so I think if you're <laughs> listening to this and you're getting married in a church, I think there's going to be some things in this that don't apply to you because there's certain aspects of getting married in a church that your um, your officiant, the person who's marrying you, is probably going to very much take control of. So you are going to get a little bit of knowledge out of this episode, but if you are um, doing things a little bit more outside of the church or outside of a, uh, a specific structure and are tasked with sort of doing it more yourself, this is going to be... Uh, an episode that you, I want you to bookmark and reference as you get closer to the wedding day because I think it's going to be very helpful for you and um, we're just going to try and set you up for the best day possible. So the reason for, I start this at every single rehearsal I run, the reason for the ceremony rehearsal is to go over what's going to happen at the ceremony. It's to review where everyone yep. stands, where everyone sits, where everyone walks, how how it all is going to come together. And as you plan the ceremony with your officiant or whoever's going to be marrying you, it's so easy to be like, but I but I know all this stuff. Why, why do we need to go over it? And it's true as the couple, you may have a very in-depth knowledge of what's happening during your ceremony, but chances are all of your wedding party and family members that are involved in the ceremony no. haven't been at all of those meetings. So they really don't have all yeah. that information. So depending on the personalities of all these people around you, there can be a little bit of nerves and anxiety on like, well, what do we have to do and what's going to happen? And it's ultimately rehearsals are the time to work out the kinks, to ask the questions, to really go over transitions and and talk through anything that, that you or your VIPs aren't really sure on. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep, so absolutely. it's things it's things like what do you do after your mom or dad walks you down the aisle? Who's gonna be holding the rings? What do you do with your bouquet? How should the groomsmen stand? These are all things that you wanna go through um during your rehearsal, whether it's asking the officiant these questions or doing the research in advance so that when they ask the questions, you know how to answer as the couple. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting how many times I'll see a rehearsal start going and things will start rolling and and something you didn't think you would have an opinion on or or have like a specific thought in mind when it starts to happen a different way. You're saying, oh wait 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 no no, no. Uh, let's let's not do it that way. I, I I was kind of thinking we could do it this way, but it's really great to bring that up when you're practicing and not literally in the middle of the thing that's you know the most meaningful part of the day for most people. So um, it's just a, it's a good reason to to practice it and and go through it even if you're saying oh no i don't i i will be fine it'll it'll be okay if we just go bust through it you know right something changes when you take all the the choreography of it all out of your head and put it actually in the space itself it changes things and suddenly you go yep. oh that worked a lot better in my head or oh actually i didn't think that would work and it's working really awesome i actually like the way that looks feels whatever mm -hmm. sounds so that's why you do all these rehearsals think of any broadway show play whatever you've ever seen in your lifetime they go through weeks and months of rehearsals and yep. really for your wedding not to say is it's a production, but you have a lot of moving parts with a lot of different people. And it's good to yep. sort of work out that rehearsal because like Dan said, do you want to be standing up there at your ceremony being like, oh crap, I don't really, oh, why is, why is that person standing there? And why is, why does my mom have that look on her face? What's happening? <laughs> yeah. You want to be just in the moment, right? Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So that's the why let's, yeah. let's talk about the who, who, who's totally involved in this. Um, and you know, who's there? Who's on Who first? should you invite? Yeah. Who's on first? Anyone involved in the wedding ceremony should be invited to the rehearsal. This includes your, um, ideally, your officiant. Um, it's not 100% necessary that your officiant's there, but if you've got a great coordinator, they'll, they can also run the rehearsal for you sometimes. But if you're in a church or a traditional setting, that officiant's probably going to be there. But you need your wedding party there, including children. 
and their parents, and you want your parents, maybe grandparents, and then anybody else who's involved, readers, gift givers, sponsors, anybody that has a role in the ceremony that can be there. Okay. Um, sort of off topic, but I'm, I know yeah. you'll bring it right back. Yeah. Um, are the people that you invite to the rehearsal itself mm-hmm. the same people always that you invite to the dinner? Like, can you invite more people to the dinner that, and not the rehearsal? Or do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, you can invite more people to the dinner than at the rehearsal, but not vice versa. So you don't gotcha. want to, anybody right, right, right. you invite to the rehearsal, that's why it's called a rehearsal dinner. That's where this whole thing <laughs> comes from, is is you're you're taking those people that, that took time out of their day to attend the rehearsal to you take them out to dinner. Um, anybody who's at the rehearsal should be invited to the rehearsal dinner. Um, yeah. <clears throat> that's the whole point <laughs> of it. Yeah. But not. But you don't want to invite somebody like... to the rehearsal and be like, you're not sorry, you can't come to the dinner. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> oh, you can come. You can come. You can come. You, you. can't, but you can come. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, um, but like, okay, and who else? Anybody that's involved. I think there's there's also, like, it gets a little bit wider. Like, sometimes you have ushers or program attendants. To me, if, 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 if a gentleman has ushered before, he probably doesn't need to show up to the rehearsal. If he's saying, I'd feel com- more comfortable if I came to the rehearsal just to see how everything goes down, I think by all means extend that invitation because they care and they want to be there. I just don't think it's mandatory for them to be there. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, we had um we had a friend uh, be our cantor at our church, and uh, it was important for her to come to the rehearsal because – one, she was coming into town, but two, she wanted to be able to practice with the organist and that kind of thing. So uh, she she was a friend, but she wouldn't have come to the rehearsal other than the fact that she was um, the cantor who was who was you know involved in the music. You know, yeah, that makes sense. And that's that's actually another good point. If a friend of yours is doing music, like playing a guitar or playing music somehow, it's usually good for them to attend, especially if they're not familiar with the space. But otherwise, um, like usually, if you've hired musicians or a DJ to play music for your ceremony, they don't often attend the rehearsal and that's usually totally a-okay there cool how about uh speaking speaking of dan um photography this i've rarely seen photographers attend but i do like when they do and i think probably on the few occasions you're the one that attends more often than anything <laughs> anybody that i work with um why yeah. is it that you attend the the rehearsal sometimes um i usually will attend the rehearsal if it's a wedding that i'm like I'm traveling for, like I was up in Rhode Island a couple of weeks ago and I went up the day before. Um, so it's kind of like a whole wedding weekend. Uh, one, I don't want to be traveling on the day of the wedding, but two, um, I'm up there that already it's, it's a nice way to get to hang out with everybody, get to see them, uh, and get them to see me without cameras in my hands for a little bit because I'm also a person too. And that, that comfort level is definitely, um, Uh, helps the wedding day. Um, I do have people who hire me uh, pretty often to come to the rehearsal, depending on my availability, because sometimes I'll have more than one wedding in a weekend. Um, But I'll come to the rehearsal and uh, photograph some of the ongoings of the the rehearsal, but more so the dinner. Um, A lot of people love to have pictures of dinner because it's the first time everybody's getting together, first time everybody's just hanging out, hugging, there's zero pressure. and it's just a it's just a good way to kind of get to know everybody and and again it's kind of a practice almost for me I mean the the pictures are important but um it's it's like when I show up on the wedding day after I've been to the rehearsal the night before people will say oh wow like yeah like you know we're already comfortable with this guy we know him he's like he's part of the crew you know um, mm-hmm. and that definitely that definitely helps uh, for sure 
for sure. I um, a few times, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. We can't do rehearsals the night before. We have to wait until the wedding day to actually do the rehearsals. Yeah. And for me, um, I. I am such a creature of like routine and when certain things get off with my routine it feels a little it feels a little a little off basically to me so anytime we have to do a rehearsal the same day as a wedding I'm like going into the day with like I feel like I'm forgetting something and you're walking into a group of wedding (laughs) party that you're like hi I didn't meet you the night before like I normally would have I'm Danielle it's just just it's just a different approach I have to take with it but sometimes it's a little like I feel like I'm forget like I feel like I forgot to show up to a rehearsal which is one of my biggest nightmares um but yeah we're gonna talk about that in a little bit so going back to the who um obviously like we were saying anybody involved in your ceremony um that can and is able to attend should be there if there's anybody who can't attend please don't give them slack this is okay don't freak out they'll figure it out or they'll like somebody else in the wedding party will sort of clue them in. It will be okay. Don't let that ruin your thing. Sometimes it's just a matter of travel and, and work schedules yeah. that people can't make it work. So, um, and before we move on to the where, uh, the only other people I would say to definitely consider inviting to your rehearsal are significant others, not necessarily like the estranged plus ones, you know, you don't need to have like your, 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 I don't know, your bridesmaids, dude that she just met and is bringing to this party because you graciously extended her a plus one but if if there's a husband or a or a or a wife or a family um i think as long as the space and the venue allow it i think it's usually nice to extend that invitation to the significant other um because otherwise if you think about it say a family's traveling in and one person has to go to the rehearsal the other person is just sort of left waiting you know what i mean it gets it's a little awkward it's they might as well just come yeah, I, I, you might have kind of mentioned this, but um, and this is just something I'm thinking of. So we were thinking a lot about how many people were traveling in the night before for our wedding. They were kind of taking a night off from kids and that whole thing. Um, and so we invited them to our rehearsal dinner. And I know we're talking specifically about the ceremony mm-hmm, rehearsal, fine. but um, I'm just thinking about who you're inviting. Uh, and we, you know, we invited a couple of my cousins who really had no part in the wedding other than they were guests. But we said, hey, we're having a pizza party at our house. We know you're traveling in. There's no point in you just like staying in the hotel unless you want to have a romantic evening. You know, please come to our house and hang out and eat pizza and play games and whatever so that just just kind of throwing that out there like that's definitely something you can do as well even if they have no part in the wedding but you kind of know that they're traveling in or or they're going to be around absolutely invite them 100 percent. all right let's talk about the where the where this is probably probably not as straightforward as most people would think because sometimes like you said you can't always get into where you're going to have your ceremony the day before the you know the ideal time before Right. So your rehearsal should ideally happen, obviously, in the same space that your ceremony is taking place, but only if your venue allows for it to happen. Um, Personally, I'm a person who likes to do things as close as possible to what will happen on the wedding day. If it is a, you know, super long processional walk, we practice it exactly like that because it's it's just. Less surprises that day, and you're you. I'm again. I like to run things as as close as possible to how it's going to be. Sometimes, with the exception of a a less mobile grandparent who's done it a million times and fully understands what you do, um, you know, I, I let them get off the hook with just about anything, in my opinion. But you know, really, when it comes to like kiddos in the wedding party, anybody like that, you want to do it as close as possible to what it's going to be the next day. That said, if you don't have access to the ceremony space to practice, a quiet room with enough space 
sort of also works. Like you could do it in the hotel lobby. Maybe the hotel will loan you a, you know, a meeting room for, for an hour just to, to sort of run through it all. I think whenever you do it like that, you do need to be... Um, you need to explain it as much as possible to those that are walking is like, okay, we're going to be standing in this one room. We're going to walk out. So-and-so is going to cue you. However, it's going to go down. Uh, I really don't understand how weddings happen without coordinators in the sense of like, I don't know. I don't know who cues the wedding party to walk when there isn't a coordinator standing back there. Um, that just gives me a lot of anxiety even thinking about it. You, oh man, Dan. (laughs) Me. Well, Uh, there's a lot of times that like, like I'll have a, so one of my favorite moments uh if i'm talking about a heterosexual wedding is when the the bride and her dad are hanging out in that back area you know they're hanging out like if i'm talking specifically about a church they're hanging out like before like everybody's walking down the aisle they're just kind of hanging out off to the side and i love love that moment where the doors are closed it's just dad and bride back there by themselves and that's it um and a lot of times like uh so here's the thing um that's like that's a, a very big moment, right? And I love uh, uh, that little bit of time. But there's many times where I'll say like I'll have to kind of tell people when to go because if they get crammed too close, whoever's up in the front can't get a picture of each you know uh, bridesmaid or or each person in the wedding party coming down the aisle. Um, so I'll say like, nope, not yet, not yet, not yet. If there's no coordinator back there, um, just so everything kind of flows and we can are able to get pictures of everybody. So I literally right. met like sometimes I'm like, no, 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 wait, wait, don't go yet. <laughs> You're literally gonna be on top of the person in front of you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things. I like to be there because I feel like it takes the pressure off of the group to have to know what they got to do. All I need to do is like look or listen for me to be like, OK, good, like go like that. That's yep. they just don't have to. Be, worry about um quote unquote ruining it right because certainly not that a, a, a bridesmaid walking too soon is going to ruin anything but they sort of have that fear of like oh i don't i just oh, totally. I just want it to be perfect you know what i mean you want it to do the best job possible yeah. and uh that's what i think probably why right exactly it's why i love what i do but um i'm with you i love that moment when um when you when those doors close mm-hmm. i will always have tears in my eyes because i like i recognize that i'm back there a taking part in a very um highly anticipated private moment that that dad probably had from the moment his daughter was born and obviously we're using like stereotypical roles here but um anytime there's just that anticipation and i realize i'm in that space i just like take a deep breath and it's like you know this is a moment where it's just them i need to get them into their spot and make them feel very comfortable and set them up and it's like and right before I open those doors I look to them and I go you ready and they go yeah and it's like this deep breath and you open the doors oh I love what yeah. I do I love what I do yeah. so much well th- uh, no lie like that that's one of the most amazing things for me about being a photographer is like the the unearned access that I have to people and like the trust that is given and we're off on a tangent here but a little bit but Ooh, yeah but like um but like uh you know, like I, I've known this couple for a while. You know, maybe I've talked to the parents a little bit, but it's, it's still like nobody else gets to be in that space for any reason, right? But I'm, I get to be back there, um, as like, like a welcomed documentarian or a welcome biographer, or welcome, welcomed family historian. Like, so the, it's not lost on me how important that that moment is. As they're just, they're just like, it's really interesting. Like, it's not a a very glamorous sexy picture they're just standing in front of like a like a blank 
set of doors. It's usually kind of dark back there. Yeah. Um, and they're just they're just like there. But I, the anticipation that's building, especially sometimes like the stuff that I've heard, um, you know, dads whisper to to their daughters, like the moment back there, like, whoo, buddy, um, yeah. it's going to get it. it we'll start getting choked up now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like just give dads an opportunity sometimes to gush about their their kids and and they just turn it on. Right. Um, anyway. Or, you know, Ooh. and I guess we're using, uh, again, the stereotypical, like, father of right. the bride, bride right. situation, but it's anybody, anybody, even if you're back there by yourself, there is just this yep. moment, you know what I mean? And it's, it's oh, that's palpable. Um, that said, yeah. while we're talking about this, now, Dan and I are talking about this in the sense of a very traditional church setting where there's like a foyer yes, and doors absolutely. and all of these things. Right. But keep that in mind when you're planning your ceremony, where it's going to happen is, um, where are you where are you setting up to walk from because if you're getting married out in the middle of a field where there's just like a hundred chairs and you know just miles of beautiful field you have to come from somewhere and you have to line up somewhere and you don't want wait i in my opinion what i thought like most brides could just like like if it's just high grass they just army crawl out there in the high grass (laughs) and then all of a sudden they just pop up yeah here i am walk down the aisle yeah, but but think about it though. You you, in my opinion, you don't want to just line everybody up immediately behind all the chairs where everybody sees it happening. You want that little bit of um, behind the scenes, backstage organization to make it feel just very beautiful and natural, like you're all just suddenly walking into the space. But I think um, sometimes when we are looking at venues and different places, you don't. Aren't you aren't thinking along those lines? That's the only way my brain thinks is. But where's the processional starting from? But anyway, that's again a little side tangent. Um, let's talk about. So that was the who, the the wait, the why, the who, the where. When. Now let's talk about when. Okay, and then we will when. get to the how. I promise, and we are going to break it down. Break it down, y'all. <laughs> so when when so. Rehearsal typically happens the day before the ceremony, right? The day before the wedding day. Um, It's usually the night or late afternoon before. Um, Again, depending on your venue, sometimes you're not able to be in there. It can happen several days before the day of the wedding or just a few hours before the ceremony. Um, It really depends. Dan, you've done a few where you've had the the ceremony or the rehearsal has happened the same day as the wedding, right? Yeah, it's pretty pretty normal for uh, city weddings, uh, or at least some of the the venues in specifically in Philly that have a they do a lot of weddings. They're they're booked, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for everything. And mm-hmm. just because of the sheer amount of weddings that they do, they just they can't give you a um uh, a a time you know on another day for the rehearsal. So they just have it built into their normal timeline that you have to get there earlier. And this is of course, if like you're having the ceremony and reception in the same, same space, um, they just built it in, you know, about two hours beforehand or something like that, that they, they bring you guys in, they run through a rehearsal. They have a, you know, a venue coordinator there, um, that, you know, works with you through it. Um, but, but that's it. It's just, that's just how, how it has to be for them. Right. And, you know, you're that's that may be a, you know, a downside to one of these places that's like and I use this term endearingly a wedding factory um, Mm -hmm. because they they provide an amazing service and amazing product. You know, if uh, a lot of those um, the bigger venues in in Philly. So, 
you know, but it's just something to consider. That's for sure. Right. I think um, we've done definitely a good handful of weddings where we've had to do the rehearsal uh, the same day as the wedding. And some things, um, some obstacles that we were met with that we had to find solutions for, which I think would apply to just about everybody is if you're not doing first looks with your partner, one of you can't do the rehearsal because you're already dressed by that point. Um, The other part is you're suddenly in your full attire, if you have seen each other, you're now practicing the ceremony in full attire. So if you are a bride, you are walking down the aisle with your bouquet, with your, you know, whoever's walking you down the aisle in full garb. Um, And I might be the traditionalist in me. I am not a traditionalist. I don't even know why I said that. But um, (laughs) there's something about walking down the aisle in your wedding dress that feels like, ah, don't do it until the wedding day or till like the actual ceremony. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the rehearsal is yeah. one thing, but a full dress rehearsal is a whole other thing, you know, yeah. um, that I usually have if we are doing it where the everybody is fully dressed, the bride and groom have seen each other or the couple has seen each other prior to the rehearsal itself. I will have one of them not take part in the in the aisle walk. Um, and they're yep. usually very much on board with it because they agree they don't really want it to. If they say, nope, I want to do it, by all means, we do whatever they want. But I sort of talked them through the fact that um, you might you're going to be dressed at this point, though. I've also done it where they've um, the bride has actually gotten changed into just a very simple um, dress that she's thrown on and then got changed back into her other dress. There's there's ways to get around it. Um, You could blindfold the I don't know. (laughs) um, Again, the point of the rehearsal I go back to it is to mainly run through where everybody's walking, standing, sitting. So if if one of you as a couple isn't able to partake but maybe just just watch um that's okay too there's 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 solutions to problems that's for sure um either way when you're when you're planning the rehearsal it's best to factor about an hour depending on your officiant and what the venue allows some venues will only give you 20 30 minutes to rehearse some churches take an hour and a half it just depends on how (laughs) how thorough the officiant is and, and everything i honestly recommend telling anybody that's invited to get there 15 to 20 minutes before it's scheduled to start as in if it's supposed to start at five o'clock let them know be there for 4 45 because I yep. have yet to see a rehearsal where every single, and I've been doing this almost nine years, where every single person shows up <laughs> on time. Yep. There's always at least someone late, depending on the circumstances, um, you know, that might put you in a bad spot with, you know, with your officiant, if they have another thing to get to with the venue, um, maybe that makes you late for the rehearsal dinner spot. So if you can tell them to be there 15 minutes early, you'll still have a few people show up maybe five, 10 minutes late, but not a half an hour late or or more like i've i've definitely seen yeah um yeah and you know sometimes it's it's out of people's control sometimes it's a matter of their their work or that you know they they're coming from across town and they're hitting terrible traffic so when you're trying to figure out what time is best for your rehearsal what day and time is best um try to consider the work and travel schedules of everybody that you have attending or at least as many as possible that you can accommodate like it's not great to do a rehearsal on a friday at 3 p.m because, you know, people are, the kids are still in school, the, you know, parents are trying to get kids out of school who still is in work, you know, so on and so forth. Unless they've all traveled awesome. and taken the day off. Okay. <laughs> so, so we went through the why, the who, the where, and the when. We're going to take a quick break uh, and a word from our sponsor. Um, and when we get back, Danielle is going to break it down for you in the how. And it's going to be wait. amazing. I'm excited. Check it out. Today's 
Today's episode is sponsored by Warby Parker. Warby Parker makes buying glasses online easy and risk-free with glasses starting at just 95 bucks. Their home try-on program allows you to order five pairs of glasses shipped straight to your home so you can try them out for like five days. After five days are up, you can easily send them back using the prepaid returning shipping label with no obligation to purchase. You you did this, right, Danielle? I did. So when I did my trial, I actually wore them around for most of the day. I got a feel for their comfort and how they looked, and I was able to snag the opinions of the people that I saw throughout the day, including the, my friends on social media. And funny enough, most of the people um, picked the glasses that were probably the least comfortable to wear on my face because I have a big head. So I was able to get a feel for them. Otherwise, I would have, if I just went off of looks alone, I would be absolutely regretting my decision today. So yeah, I was happy I got to, uh, you know, with, when you have them for the five days, you get to feel them out. So that was cool. Yeah. I remember you posting the pictures and people voting on them and stuff. That was really funny. Yeah. Um, so, so when you place an order for glasses that you like with your prescription, Warby Parker gets started on them right away. So you have them crazy fast, like in a week and a half, if not sooner. Yeah. And since we know that as a listener of this podcast, you have a pretty big heart. Aww. For every pair of glasses <laughs> sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need, which is really awesome, you guys. So to order your free home try-ons today, head to warbyparkertrial.com slash ring. Seriously, Warby Parker makes your experience completely risk and stress free with free shipping all around. Visit warbyparkertrial.com slash ring to get started. Now back to the show. Okay, we're back. So uh, before the break, we we went through the the who, the where, the when. Uh, now it's time for Danielle to drop some serious knowledge on the how, and really she's going to break down step by step um, how she handles this, and it's it's genius. I I think it's uh, I, I know that I knew exactly where you were going to go when you were playing this episode, <laughs> and I love this uh, the act thing, and it's it's pretty awesome. So cool. without further ado. Take it away. Okay, so full disclaimer, if your officiant is attending your rehearsal and they've done weddings before, especially if you're getting married in a church, there will be very little that you'll need to do while at the rehearsal. They will guide you through most of it. However, if you're tasked with this responsibility, I want to share the way that I do this um, that's super efficient and really keeps everyone moving along nicely. It usually results in the least amount of questions and everybody gets it. Cool. Do it. All right, so every rehearsal um, that I run, um, I let, start. we start with a little bit of an introduction to everybody. I let them know who I am, who the officiant is, and really just welcoming everybody into the space, letting them know why we're there and what's going to happen. Remember, not everybody is inside your brain. Not everybody has been to a billion weddings before and knows how it's all going to da- go down. So I start by letting people know that every ceremony is like a play. And every play has acts. Our ceremony has three acts. Act one of our ceremony is everybody walking in, everybody going to where they're going to stand, where they sit, to the music, all beautiful. It's called the processional. Act two, to really simplify it, is the ceremony itself, where we do the I do's and the readings and the rings and, and the kiss and all this stuff. Act three is when it's all over, everybody leaving, walking out. We call it the recessional. For the purposes of the rehearsal, I always start in act two. 
I line everybody up to where they're going to be. We do a Cliff Notes version of the ceremony. We do Act 3, everybody walking out. And then I turn everybody around just a little bit and do Act 1, everybody walking in. This helps everybody to know where they're going, where they're going to end up. And, you know, that way they're not walking down going, wait, where do I go now? They've already been there. They've right. been in the space. They know exactly what they're going to do. It's, it's the easiest way to go through it. But if you don't explain the way you're going about it, they go, well, but they're standing up. They're going, but wait, how do we get here? And, and how do we, how, what's happening right now? Right. You have to explain. We're going to, we're going to break this down into three chunks. We're going to start with the second chunk, do the third chunk, and then go back and do the first chunk. So that way tomorrow we know we go one, two, three, everybody's good to go. Okay. Yep. So. Nailed it. Okay, so we're going to start in Act 2, right? You're going to start by lining up your wedding party, where they're going to be for most of the, cer the ceremony, typically standing on each side or sitting in the first row or two. Um, don't forget to include the kiddos if they aren't sitting with their parents. You know, in your usual traditional bridesmaid, groomsmen situation, I make sure to tell the bridesmaids to hold their... <laughs> Actually, this is always really funny. So I always tell the bridesmaids, hold their bouquets with their forearms touching their hip bones and if there's yep. no kids around i usually use a phallic reference that i say pretend you're a gentleman peeing and that's your bouquet like you're holding your little little your little winky um and that usually makes them <laughs> laugh because what happens is if you don't hold your bouquet low it feels very natural to put your hands at your belly button to hold your bouquet and that's not where we want the bouquet because then the flowers fall up closer under your chin and suddenly everybody looks like they have these short torsos and even the tallest person on the planet will look suddenly short so you want to have these like beautiful elongated torsos if you hold that bouquet low everybody looks beautiful for the guys you just tell them you know stand there you know, nice wide stance, right hand, you know, right hand over left hand or left hand over right hand or hands behind the back or hands in the pocket, whatever it is. You just make them all look the same, make them all look sharp and everybody knows what to yep. do. Oh, I also tell the girls um, if we've got like a nice line of bridesmaids, um, I also make sure to tell them not to lock out their knees. So as females... Yep. If you stand there and you lock out your knees, we've talked about this before, I feel like, I don't know if that yeah. episodes, but if you lock out your knees, weird things happen to your blood flow. Um, I have seen people pass out from it. So you just stand there as naturally uh, as a woman would always stand with one knee, slightly bent, um, not both knees super locked out. That's yep. my tip. So after, after you get all your wedding party in place, then you go to your parents and grandparents, whoever's there, let them know where they're going to be seated. If there's designated seats, if there's reserved seating, if you're practicing in a place where the, you know, you've got chairs that are being rented and they haven't been set up yet, just let them know roughly, you know, where they're going to be. If you've got um, a grandparent though, who you know, isn't able to stand or, or anybody who isn't able to stand for an extended period of time, try and have a chair there or something there for them for, throughout the rehearsal, because it can be you know, a while that they're ending up standing there. So one of the things I want to go back to is is mm -hmm. when you're lining up your wedding party and where you guys are going to stand and everything. Mm -hmm. If you need to, actually I would say, if, if you're able to, put a mark literally where you're standing. Because a lot of times... Um, uh, I've seen couples get off center if maybe it's a church or maybe they've like they've created a chuppah or something and they're standing like off to one side and it's somebody who who craves symmetry and craves order and everything it, it just drives me crazy because then like you, you've got to shift in order to get um, a good a good photo and and uh, sometimes if you're like standing off to one side then you might be somebody might be blocking the efficient slightly so I would say like have somebody say, have somebody stand back and say, are we centered? Where do we need to stand? And maybe put like some gaffer tape or, or masking tape or something on the ground. If you're, if you're standing in something that's wooden or even put like a little, 
I don't know, get like a bottle cap, drive a nail through it, put the nail in the ground, and that way you know, like something, like something that you can just say, like, here's my marker, this is the center, this is where we need to center ourselves around. Um, That nothing drives me crazier than like just like being a couple feet off center when everything else in this whole entire beautiful (laughs) space or behind you or the the tree that you're getting married in front of or whatever, um, it just throws everything off visually. And um, it might be not super important to many people, but if you're thinking back on it, some people might say, oh, I wish we would just would have just known a little bit. Um, Yeah. So ADD photographer. Got you. No, no. I think I think it's something that when you're in the moment, I don't think you're going to be looking at it. Plus, it's hard to see yourself in the actual space itself. Always good to have somebody step back, make sure everything is is nice and balanced and beautiful looking too. Okay. Uh, what we're ta- okay. So we're talking about uh, we're in Act Two. We got everybody lined up. Um, usually, you'll have like a few extra people there. So you've got your wedding party. You've got your family in the first row. Sometimes you have a few extra people there. Readers, significant others, whatever. Let them know. Just take a seat wherever or or find a good spot. Anybody who's partaking in the ceremony, let them know they want to be sitting on like an inside or outside aisle so they can get in and out. Um, yep. But yeah, that's pretty much it. So that is your 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 setup of Act Two. So you've got everybody where they are. Once you're there, you're going to go through what I recommend of like a Cliff Notes version of your ceremony. Um, The couple, you guys usually stand facing each other, often holding hands. This is where you go, oh, well, I have this bouquet. When should I pass off this bouquet or or what do we do with our our hands while we're in this space and and you know how is this all going to work that's your time to work it all out um i don't really think it's necessary to read through the big chunks of of speech you know if your officiant's going to talk about your love story i like saving that you know for the, yeah. the the day of um so that everybody's hearing it with really fresh ears but you want to go over any um transitions that are happening throughout the ceremony yeah, the one thing that you just mentioned was the holding hands part, right? And I definitely have seen, like, just know that, like, you're not going to do anything wrong when it comes to holding hands. Like, I've definitely seen couples up there, like, like unsure of, like, when to pass up the bouquet or, or like, like, should we be just, like, standing here with, like, our arms crossed in front of each other? It, hold hands. Like, like I, that connection, like, you're allowed to be connected as you're standing up there getting married. Like, don't, you don't, ha- you don't have to wait for somebody to tell you to hold hands. Pass the bouquet off. That's your, that's your lover right in front of you, right? Like, that's your, the person you're spending the rest of your life with. You don't have to be shy in front of them. You know, like, you can, you can, or, or like, feel you're doing something wrong. Grab right. their hands and, and just feel connected to them, right? And just, and just hold hands and, you know, um, it makes for a good picture. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I, I usually say, so, I think a lot of times as a traditional bride, you have your bouquet, right? And you've spent all this money and time thinking about what the bouquet is going to look like. Um, and I, I've i seen it more often than not that by the time you get to the ceremony, you just don't want to be holding the bouquet of flowers anymore. It's usually very heavy. And, you know, you just want to hold on to your partner's hands. <laughs> so there's nothing wrong. Most bouquets get handed off right in the beginning. They get handed off to whoever's behind, usually the maid of honor, whoever's right there. And then you can just use your hands um, to, to, to hang on and, and or do whatever is most you and most comfortable. But don't feel like you have to hold on to that super heavy bouquet all the time. Beautiful and gorgeous as it's going to be. Don't feel like you have to have to do that for sure. Um, Oh, one thing I want to say. So if you're um, if you're maybe writing your ceremony yourself or you're having, um, you know, a friend do it or whatever it is, always make sure that in the beginning, as soon as as soon as everybody is in that the person who's speaking tells everyone to please be seated or your guests will stand oh, the entire man. time. That happens all the time. Yep, All the time. 
uh, a wedding recently, I literally walked around going, sit down. It's okay. You're, you're okay. Sit down. You're fine. Just sit down. Everybody was like, huh? I was like, yeah, guys, sit down. You're sit okay. Down. You're fine. Yeah, we did one too uh, a few weeks ago where I the entire time I stood in the back um, where no one could see me trying to wave to the officiant to tell people to sit down and he was not looking at me. I was practically doing jumping jacks in the back trying to get him to, to see me to get him I told the photographer I was like can you please tell people to sit down but he they didn't want to oh and like they just everybody stood but I felt bad because there was some older people in the back who just stayed seated could not see anything but the person's tush in front of them the entire time uh, right. oh my gosh I just wanted to be like everybody sit down <laughs> right. best but, yeah. part about Catholic ceremony is just like stand up sit yes. down stand up kneel, sit, down. sit down stand kneel Stand up, sit. kneel. Sit down, stand, steal. Jump, walk away, <laughs> run, walk back, sit down, leave. Good. Perfect. You got it. <laughs> that is the exact uh, order of a Catholic ceremony. <laughs> it's really funny. A, a friend of ours um, who's from Turkey, uh, when he came to our wedding, he had never been to a Catholic ceremony before. So, uh, a, you know, a bunch of us had kind of said, like, you do a lot of standing and sitting and standing and sitting. And if you want to, you can kneel, but then you'll stand and sit. And he was like, ha, 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 ha. like, okay, fine. And at the, after, he, afterwards, he was like, wow, you guys weren't lying. You do stand up and sit down a lot. Holy moly. <laughs> it's a little bit so. of a squat workout. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so speaking of standing up and sitting down, if you have anybody outside of the officiant who's going to be speaking, like a reader, um, anything like that, make sure you have them practice getting up, going to their designated spot, um, you know, reading either their entire thing or maybe just a few lines if it's really long of their reading. It's also good if you're, um, if you're not having a microphone to set a designated spot for them to stand um, and to have somebody stand a little bit farther back to sort of gauge their volume. Because if someone's doing the, sp the reading and there's no microphone, you want to make sure that everybody who's there can also hear them. Um, speaking of readings, I just have a lot of thoughts I want to share with you guys. But speaking of readings, while you have the person up there reading, think about where you as the couple are also standing during the reading. Um, try not to have your back to them or have to do this like awkward um, upper torso turn thing, like yoga move in order to see them. I don't think there's anything wrong and you can practice this at the rehearsal with standing next to each other, have your efficient shift a little bit, you stand next to each other and look at the person giving the reading. I think that's really lovely yeah. and a really nice way to sort of acknowledge the person reading without being like in this weird contorted twisty thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, actually at a wedding, I just finished them delivering. Um, uh, the bride, Kelsey and the groom, Dan, um, they specifically put the readers outdoor ceremony, put the reader uh, uh, that would be, like the way that Kelsey was facing. So that way, mm -hmm. as the reader was going up there, Dan could just literally turn around and stand next to Kelsey um, as they were watching the readings and, and reacting to them and everything. Um, so that way, one, Kelsey didn't have to move. But two, yep. it was just very simple then. They could they could both kind of turn and be together, stand there, watch, and then Dan could just take one step and he's back to where he was. And it was just exactly. like a great little uh, forethought you know that they did and I actually have a really great picture of one of the uh the readers kind of like walking by and and kind of like stumbled a little bit and Kelsey and Dan are both laughing as they like as like the uh, um readers walking by it's a really it's a really great moment that wouldn't have been there if they weren't standing that way it's pretty great cool. and it's usually the person you want the person to move whoever has the least complicated outfit um so yeah. if you've got a, a really long train of a dress that's the harder person to move because it just yeah. requires more shifting so just something yeah. to keep in mind for sure or if you have really crazy long coattails i mean you know guys you got to be careful got to trip over those 
get them stuck in the wheel well or I don't know. Yeah, gotta be I careful. like coattails. I really like coattails. Um, we did a wedding uh, a few weeks ago, and there was two um, two ushers from England, and uh, they showed up in exactly what you would think. They looked like they were going to the royal wedding with the tails and stuff. And I think I think they were drunk the entire day, um, but it was <laughs> it was really funny. Um, it was really funny. They just they they just looked sharp and they looked great. Um, but awesome. yeah, anyway, so, so going back through the cliff notes, like you're going through like just the cliff notes version, definitely go over the rings, you know, who's going to hold the rings, who's going to hand off the rings, who puts the ring on first. How are they coming down first. the aisle? How are they, how are they getting there exactly? Yeah. Um, all of, all of the different things, um, who's going to say the vows first, who, how are you going to repeat them? I don't necessarily, I'm not a big believer in saying all of your vows, but yeah. you can either do like, have your officiant say something fake or something really funny. Like I, you know, so-and-so take you so-and-so and promise to always make the bed, you know, whatever it is, just to like get the hang of like doing a repeat, you know, little chunks yep. of sentences at a time. Um, definitely practice the kiss, you guys. Um, if yeah, you think super it's important, you practice the kiss. <laughs> if you think it's awkward to practice the kiss at the rehearsal, it'll feel even more awkward at the ceremony. That's how I feel. Yeah. Right. It's good to work out any awkward moments in front of the very few people who are there for the rehearsal versus everybody the following day. Yeah, absolutely. Right. You got to yeah. work out that. Yep. We- I usually say like work out the weird kiss because you got a weird kiss stored in there. You got to get that one oh, out yeah. now. I've seen some weird, weird actual first kisses, and it's like. You, you just got to practice. Put your arms around each other, hug each other, go in for a little smooch. It'll be great. Right. I'm telling you guys, this is one of those things, like one of the nights you're making dinner, you're like, hey, we should practice our first kiss. Work that stuff out before the <laughs> ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> practice that yeah. first kiss. Yeah. Work it out. Because like, are you going to, is there going to be a hand on the cheek? Is there, is there, are, are you, are you, who's, who's going right? Who's going left? Like, oh, <laughs> the choreography involved. It's nuts. Okay, so Act 3 is the walking out, what we call the recessional. So you've done the Cliff Notes version of your ceremony. Now everybody's going to walk out. Typically, you start with, you know, the couple. They sort of pair up. They leave first. I usually recommend standing up at the altar for a few seconds to sort of take it all in um, and just sort of, it's kind of like when you're being introduced. It's a moment where everyone is just looking at you and cheering for you and so excited for you. And you kind of just get to stand there and absorb it and take it all in before you walk up the aisle. And then it's really, it's, it's a really awesome feeling. I have to say that for sure. Um, I will say, don't forget to snag your bouquet from your, yep. uh, your, your person, whoever's holding it off, uh, holding it for you during the ceremony. If you forget about it, who cares? Just go. Don't go back for it. They'll get it to you. It's all good. Just whatever you're doing in that moment, go for it. Um, after you walk out, usually the next people to walk out is like, you know, your, your maid of honor and best man or whoever's those next people. Everybody sort of pairs up. Everybody starts leaving with like a little bit of gap in between. Then your parents, grandparents, so on and so forth. But every Thing that's going to happen during that time like who's pairing off with who think about it well in advance so that when you're there at the ceremony rehearsal especially if you have an uneven number of wedding party on each side think about how everyone's going to leave prior to the rehearsal so that at the rehearsal you just go okay like Joe and Bob you're going to leave together and then Susie and, and John you're going to leave together and so on and so forth don't forget to think about how the officiant's going to leave and yeah, everybody's just going to sort of pair off and or walk out. Yep. However, you tell them to. Could everybody could just go in a big group, 
It's really up to you. But ultimately, you want to make sure everybody's walking somewhat slow. They know where to go once they've exited. Like if you're going to do a receiving line, are they going to head straight for photos? Is there a little private room waiting for them? Give them a little bit of direction as to where they're going to go after the ceremony's over. And that's it. That's usually the easiest part. And then you got to sort of turn them all around for the rehearsal part and do act one, the processional. What I'd actually like you guys to do is think about like what you're going to do that moment when everybody's clapping and cheering after you guys have, you know, just kissed or whatever. And you're about to walk down the aisle. Um, are you going to soak it in for a second and just stand there and look around at all these people who are like sending their positive vibes to you? Or are you going to fist pump, you know, your hand <laughs> in the air and be like all hyped just like just for a second. Think about like that moment. I would encourage you to kind of do all of the above. Stand there for a moment and and let that excitement soak in. Um, let that like like moment, like look around at all those people just, just pouring their, their praises on you. And I know that like, it's tough because not everybody loves to be their center of attention. Um, but this is like, uh, this is an interesting moment in which like being the center of attention is, is like not for like a weird reason. It's for an amazing reason that, that like everybody is just super thrilled and happy for you. And in that moment, there's like, so much positivity and so much excitement surrounding the two of you. So even if it's just for a moment, take that, like a lot of my couples know that I, I harp on this, like taking little mental snapshots. Um, just do that. Like you're on top of your mountain. You've done all the work to get to the top. You've climbed the summit. If like planning a wedding is, is like your, like a, a, a journey of like, like climbing to the top of a mountain and you're standing there on top of your mountain, just survey your land for just that one second, take a little mental snapshot, soak that in and it will be with you forever. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, there's almost nothing you can do in that moment that would be deemed wrong. Yep. You know, what I mean? like you could do a backflip, you know, out of sheer joy, and it would be amazing. You know, amazing. What I mean, it's it's a moment in your life where you've just gotten married, you've just like professed your love in front of all these people to your partner and made all these beautiful promises. You are allowed to be effing elated. <laughs> you could fall. Right? You could totally fall, and it'll oh, be yeah, like, true. oh my gosh, they were just so excited that they just like. <laughs> jumped out of their skin and like it was just amazing they just they passed out from excitement yep there you go all right so that's that's <laughs> anyway. act three that's everybody leaving for your rehearsal now yep. don't forget once you've gotten to this point don't forget you have to remember to, to go through the part walking in the processional yep. um you want to make sure that um everybody is clear like this is how we're going to get started this is when we're going to get here this is how we're going to line up this is how it's all going to go down Usually, now this depends on certain cultures and religions and just really how you want to structure your ceremony, but usually you see grandparents and parents are coming in first, followed by a wedding party, followed by the couple, however it's really all broken down. That's something you really want to discuss well in advance. Who's escorting grandma? Who are the are bridesmaids walking in with groomsmen? Are they walking in by themselves? How are the groomsmen getting to the altar? How is the officiant getting to the altar? All of these things. People can't apparate. So they're when you say like, oh, they're just going to start up there. They have to come from somewhere. They have to start somewhere. Um, and somebody needs to know how it's all going to sort of be orchestrated to make it all happen. Um, for rehearsals that I do, I usually let them know that I'm going to be standing there cueing them every step of the way, like I've said, so that no one feels anxious or, or nervous about when to go. But it's really about, again, the rehearsal is to practice this all. So even though this is just a rehearsal, it's still good to tell them like, we want to walk slowly. Um, don't do any of that step touch stuff. Um, but going too fast down the aisle, I'm telling you, looks awkward and crazy. 
Yeah, and one thing specifically about that, um, doesn't it really doesn't matter how long or short the aisle is, you really have to give the person in front of you a lot of space. It's yep. even more important on short aisles because like if you think about it, if I'm kind of from the front uh, and I'm photographing the, you know, uh, the wedding party walking down the aisle, if the person who's directly in front of me doesn't get out of the way quick enough before the other person's right behind them, it creates this little traffic jam and I can't get pictures of people coming down the aisle, which may or may not be important to, you know, to some people out there, you might use them or you might not, but, um, it's still just something to consider, uh, that like having everybody kind of jammed up or everybody literally walking down the aisle at once. Like I've seen that there's like four or five feet between, uh, the bridesmaids as they're coming down. They're all like in the aisle at once. And it's just, okay, here, here they all are. Here's the bridesmaids. <laughs> um, so just something to consider because it definitely can adjust the flow of things. If, if, uh, everybody's kind of jammed up and not, uh, not flowing incorrectly, doesn't give enough space. Mm-hmm. I usually tell them to walk slow and then walk 1% slower. So like walk yeah. what you think is slow and then just a little bit slower because it'll still like it should feel only barely awkward. And that's what looks yeah. really beautiful. I've been a guest <laughs> at a wedding where everyone walked super slowly and then one bridesmaid just like flew down the aisle and it was like whoa she's got somewhere to be and it just it it, going fast looks more awkward than going slow it's just an expected moment you don't have to do the step touch like i said just a nice walk whether it's to the beat of the music or whatever it is just a nice easy walk one percent slower than what you think is considered slow and smile and smile yeah have the this you know granted people aren't really looking at the wedding party as much as they're anticipating the couple's arrival but people are still looking at you as you know yeah. as you're coming down the aisle so but if yeah. you trip don't worry about it it's all good honestly it's all good as long as you're okay it's all good you did not ruin anything i've, I've never seen anybody fall coming down the aisle ever <gasps> knock on wood in, i don't in, think i have either. in nearly 200 weddings never seen oh. anybody. i think i think everybody gets scared of that though yeah. everyone thinks they're gonna trip especially well don't do an aisle runner because I while I haven't seen wedding party trip I have seen grandparents and and mm-hmm. and guests trip when there's an aisle runner don't do an aisle runner guys they're yeah. they're nightmares nope. um so also so okay so you everybody's walking in and the last bit of this whole puzzle is to figure out what happens once you've walked in you know if you're a bride and you've got a veil does does somebody need to pull your veil back are you going to kiss and hug your parent or parents, whoever's whoever's standing there with you. Are are they going to communicate with your partner? Is there going to be a handshake, a chest bump, uh, a hug? You know, work out that what do we do here so that because it's it's not just something where you walk down the aisle and then the uh, person with you pivots and sits down. There's a little bit of an interaction up there, and you have to figure out what makes sense for everybody involved. Yep, yep. And then you're back to where you started for the rehearsal. Ta-da. Done. On top of that little mark that you placed uh, the day before or the bottle cap that you stuck in the ground the day before. Or no, no, go. that day. Sorry. That day, yeah. I'm not talking about the ceremony. That day. <laughs> yeah. So cool. a few other tips before you wrap up the rehearsal. Make sure everyone understands what's going on. They feel really comfortable. See if anybody has any questions. Make sure to tell everyone what time to arrive and where they need to be the following day. I make these little pocket timelines that I love um, and I hand out to They're everybody. They're so great. Love those pocket timelines. Everybody loves the pocket timelines because it just answers all the questions. Uh, all the questions as where do I have to be? When's photos? When do I have to get dressed? What time's dinner? 
all that stuff. If you've got ushers there at the rehearsal, try if you can to review their roles really quick, go over any reserved seating, and ultimately give thanks to those that took time to go through everything and be with you that day because it's a big deal. And while you may be in like, can't wait for the wedding mode, uh, can't wait for the wedding mode, <clears throat> don't forget to take this time in because it, it it's like fast forward, get the fast forward button gets pressed at that moment. And if yeah. you don't take in those little moments, the whole thing just really flies by. I love that. Yeah, like that 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 fast forward button really gets pressed unless you um, unless you unpress it and just live in the present. Um, and you actually you actually kind of have a, a theory about um, like when things go a little bit crazy on <gasps> rehearsals, don't you? Yeah. So I'm insanely superstitious. I come from a dance and theater background. So for for me, I've always been taught and it's been ingrained in me that a bad rehearsal equals a good show. So if anything, anything goes wrong at the rehearsal, somebody, you know, a groomsman's being a pain in the backside, um, a reader totally forgot their reading, any little hiccup that comes up, take that as good luck. In my career, I've only had one truly perfect rehearsal. And I'm telling you, the wedding day was a Murphy's Law disaster. Anything <laughs> that could go wrong did. I still say if that were, if I just screwed up the rehearsal somehow, we would have like saved ourselves from a little bit of like insanity the next day. But any time, any time that I have a rehearsal that has a little bit of a bump, even if someone shows up five minutes late, I go, all right, that's that's our little bump. We're in for a better day the next day. So if your rehearsal has some bumps, it's a great, great, great thing. Do not leave there feeling, oh, I just wish it went perfectly because I'm telling you, you don't. <laughs> I'm telling you, you yeah. don't. Heck yeah. What's that, Daniel? Ooh. That was a really good episode. How do you feel? Do you need like somebody to like towel you off, squirt water in your mouth? I do. I do. I'm in the corner. <laughs> I need the, I need the, yeah, that's exact. And maybe some great. Cut I me, Dan. Really use you got to cut me. <laughs> Name that reference. Do you know that reference? I sports. <clears throat> sports ball. That's from Rocky. Mick, oh. you got you got to cut me, Mick. I can't see. I've never seen Rocky. Rachel didn't see Rocky, and then I literally made her watch them all in uh, like a, like we were. It was like a like last winter or something. We just watched them all. Love. It was amazing. That's marriage right there. <laughs> watch <Totally> this. <laughs> you have to. Hey, I actually went to the. We we watched uh, all of the Twilight movies. Um, together and I took her to go to see one in the theaters and all that stuff so it's a give yeah, and take it's, it's a give, a and, give take. and take what did you think of the Twilight movies I love them really yeah I they're great hate them so much ah oh, bummer they bother I think it's I think it's the actress uh what's her name Kristen Stewart she as an actress bothers me I can't I can't I can't get into <gasps> her characters ever in any movie so. That's because every time she's shocked or needs to cry, she just goes, <gasps> Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's it. <gasps> My mom read the book. She said the books are amazing, but I can only yeah. picture her, so I can't get past it. All and I'm a ratings. Harry Potter fan. I'm a Harry Potter fan. All of our ratings are definitely going down now. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Put a Ring on a Podcast. We love you. And if you haven't yet, please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps us out so much, you guys. You can find the show notes for today's episode at putaringonapodcast.com. Oh, and don't forget, um, connect with us on all of the socials. Yep, I am at DPNAC, D-P-N-A-K, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. And I'm at Daniel Moore Photo on Instagram and Daniel Moore Photography on Facebook and Pinterest. And remember, you can always send us your questions on our website, 
or on the Put a Ring on It podcast Facebook page. We really do our best to answer every single one we get, and we might even include yours in an upcoming episode. Finally, know that you are awesome. And no matter what, remember that your wedding is going to kick butt. Yeah, it is. Bye, guys. <laughs>